Welcome to the New Life Podcast. We are a church in Masson, Ohio, and our goal is to let everyone know that God can give them new life. So whether you are local to our area or you are just tuning in for some encouragement today, I pray that this episode will bless and propel you forward to live that life that God has called you to live. a song like that because it's not about us it's about him in the the name of Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus he's the one we're living for amen amen it's so good to see everybody today here at New Life and it's always encouraging week in and week out to come to a place where I know I can be so encouraged by what I see around me and and, and of like-minded faith, people getting together for one cause and one purpose, and that's the name of Jesus, and getting that gospel to the rest of this world in the name of Jesus. I want to thank Pastor for the opportunity to, to speak today. Never spoke on a Wednesday, but um, I'm very thankful for the opportunity and for the leadership of this church and everybody that's in the inner workings of everything that makes everything go, go on and happen so smoothly um, I want to thank uh, my parents for being here tonight um, and my awesome wife for taking care of so much uh, of what she takes care of on the day-to-day to, to keep me upright. Amen. We're going to turn tonight to just a couple of scriptures to start us off. And the first scripture we're going to go to tonight is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. Amen. And I think, like I said, the song, I think the song that we sung today was so perfect, and that's just the way the, wor- the Lord works, amen? So if you're there, say amen. In Proverbs, it says this, in all thy ways, everybody say all, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Another translation says it like this. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Amen. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. This is another verse that is closely aligned to what Proverbs is saying. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord. And not unto men. Another translation says it like this. Whatever you do. And you can turn this mic down just a little bit. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord. And not for human masters. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray today. Lord, I thank you for bringing everybody here today, Lord. And I pray that you have your way tonight, Lord. Whatever you have to be done, Lord, in our minds and our hearts, let us receive it in the name of Jesus. Let lives be changed. Let our communities be changed. Let our church shine, Lord, in these last days. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want you all to imagine, if you will, that you are a photographer. 
and that you've been commissioned to travel to a series of national parks, and your job as a photographer is to capture their beauty and their wonder with every single shot. You make sure your equipment is top of the line, you make sure that your schedule is precise, and you set off to make the most of this opportunity. Prior to and in between these trips, you research each park's site to ensure that your shots include the most famous and memorable and recognizable locations. And after many miles and many months, and with much effort, you arrive back in the dark room where the photos are being developed. And as each photo takes its time and goes through the process of developing, you realize that something is not right. Something is wrong. The pictures that are developing and that are coming through the process are not clear. They're not focused. You see, you had the best equipment and your schedule was perfectly planned and the trip was smooth, but when the moment came for the scene to be captured, you forgot the most important step, and that was your center of focus. Amen. As Christians today, we're surrounded by people and tools that help us in our walk with God. First and foremost, we have uh, the word that the Lord gives us. Amen. The word of God. And there are many scriptures that we can point to that pertain to the word of God. So tonight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show just a few for an example here tonight. And I, I have a slide that I gave the media so that we can see multiple scriptures at the same time. It might be a little small, but I think we can all read it. Each of these scriptures here pertain to the word. Everybody say the word. John chapter 1 verse 1 is very familiar. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amen. Second Timothy says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Second Timothy also says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. And then we have Hebrews. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Amen. One of the most important things we have that can help us today is the Word of God. Here on the screen, and you can, you can put that back up on the screen if you can, on the screen we can see all the scriptures that we've read and I wanted to bring attention to one thing. I've, if you notice... God is highlighted in red. And I wanted to point out that each and every one of these verses that's referring to the word also references God in each of these. And it's not on accident. It's very strategic. It's very purposeful. Amen. And this tells me a couple things today. This tells me that anything I read in my Bible is from God. Amen? 
anything that I read in here is from God because of scriptures like this. Amen? This tells me that Jesus is in the center of everything in this book. Amen. When we're in God's word, we, we might read something that's difficult. We might read something that we do not understand. How many have been there before? You read something, you might not understand it. But at the end of the day, we trust in God because he is in control. And we have to get ourselves to honor his word. Amen? We, if you find yourself struggling with a verse or not understanding it or not sure what you are believing in that moment, you can always say this, Lord, this is your word, and I know it's true. This is your word, and I know it's true, and I may not understand this right now completely, but I know in time you'll help me understand because I honor the word of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this is one tool that can help us. And it's, it's our sword, it's the word of God. But something else that we have in our life is our pastor. And how many here are thankful for our pastor? Amen. Amen. And we have the leadership and the ministry team, and we have evangelists that come from time to time, and we have missionaries that come from time to time to show us what's happening around the world. And we certainly have teachers. The five-fold ministry is very important. And uh, it has been given to us to help. Amen. In Ephesians, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? The next verse. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to have the word of God. But if we're reading it without having a Christ-centered attitude or a Christ-centered focus, we might miss out. Amen? We can lose track easily or lose sight. We can even become offended or throw our fists down sometimes and say that we disagree or that's just the Old Testament and it's not applicable today. And that's not true. Because if you take a step back and put God in the center of it all, then that's when you get the most out of the tools that we're, are provided. Amen? Amen. And the same goes for our pastor and our leadership and our ministry team. Keeping it Christ-centered is so important. And, and here, hopefully this makes sense in, in, in the order that I've, I've, I've tried, that I feel like the Lord wants us to hear it. If pastor has a message for us, we could easily go home and say that we disagree or it, that it's not for us or it wasn't right or we disagree. But if we stop and think about it, then we know that God gave us our pastor for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And because I honor God's word, I honor my pastor. Does that make sense here today? Amen. Because I honor God's word, I honor my pastor. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we also have the church and our church family. And as the church, we know we're the bride of Christ, and we are people of like-minded faith. We have prayer groups, and certainly those prayer groups are Christ-centered and in the name of Jesus. And we have camp meetings and marriage retreat. And all these things are great, but only if we approach them as they are intended to be used, and that's with a Christ-centered attitude. So what does this all mean? 
My goal here today is to shed a little bit more light onto our focus. Everybody say focus. What focus really means. So imagine, if you will, a picture where Jesus is in the picture, but he is blurry. And the center of focus is on something else in that picture. That is a heartbreaking thought to think about. Just because Jesus is in the picture doesn't mean that he's in focus in that picture. Amen? Amen. Church can become a routine. People can go to church and only mingle with certain cliques of people. And people can passively listen or just go through the, the motions of the, sitting in the same pew, same parking space over and over. It can be routine. And they cannot have their focus on Christ at times. And we need to refocus in the name of Jesus. So let's, let's look at this word focus. The word focus can be thought of and referred to in different ways. Most commonly, we probably think about focus as how long I can focus on one thing without breaking concentration. However, the definition of focus is just the center of interest or activity. We all have interests and we all have activities that we partake in. But our focus is actually the center of those interests and activities. So our church is centered on Jesus Christ. We know that. But just because we're interested in church doesn't guarantee that Jesus is in the center of that interest for us individually. Amen? It's our responsibility, and I'm talking to myself here today, it's our responsibility to make sure that we make the most important reason why we're going to church him. Not routine, not our friends, and, and, but first and foremost him. But guess what? We get an awesome church family alongside of that. We get a lot of good benefits with that. Amen. Amen. But we got to ask our question, our question sometimes to ourselves. Are, are we coming to church today only to see our friends or are we coming to worship God? Are we attending church because it's Sunday and our routine tells us that we better get our sunrise cafe? We better get, go get our sunrise cafe. Amen. And, 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 and sit down and hear something and feel good one more time before we go back to our normal lives. Right? We got to be careful. So, in this story that I walked us through about being a photographer, we, we had the best equipment and we knew the destination, but when it came down to what mattered the most, there was not a clear center of focus. And we developed the photos and they were blurry. As Christians, we have the best equipment as well. We have the best church, we talked about that. We have the best pastor, and we know our desired destination is heaven. But regardless of these many things, again, that help us along the way, it's still our job to make sure Jesus is the center. If we took a picture of this moment, would Jesus be in the shot? And if so, is he clearly visible? Amen. At the end of the photographer's trip, one might say that the trip went smooth. I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, and think, oh man, I had a really smooth ride. My life was good. Life can be good and it still not be focused in. You can, things can be good, and then there can be good through Christ, and great through Christ, and life everlasting and abundantly through Christ. Amen? Amen? So at the end of the photographer's trip, one might say that the trip was smooth. All of the equipment was accounted for. The check-in dates were great. They made great time on the trip, but at the end, the photographer is sitting there saying, I thought this trip went smooth, but the result is unclear, and the moments that I attempted to capture are 
undistinguishable. I have a little little note here. Have you ever heard YOLO? You only live once? <laughs> that can be a dangerous uh, phrase to live by at times, right? Some people would say, oh, you only live once, go skydiving. Nope, that's fine. I don't need to do that. <laughs> but yeah, you only live once, but eternity is much longer. Okay, we got to try to keep focused on that. Amen. So one thing that came to mind while I was preparing for this message was remembering going to Buckeye Lake. So going to church camp growing up. How many of you remember going to church camp growing up? Amen. So I always found it really interesting going to and attending and being a part of the experience because it's life-changing. But what I found was that at the campground, it was really easy to pray. It was really easy to get excited. It was really powerful, and it was life-changing. And those moments, don't get me wrong, are key in our walk with God. Amen. You would go through the whole week, and you would feel uplifted. You would feel so encouraged, and you would feel on fire for God at times, if not the entire time. And you would get all the way to the end of the week, and you would have a wonderful Friday night service. Say goodbye to all your friends. And you'd be traveling home, and you'd be sad, but you'd be on fire. You'd say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this, and I'm going to be a preacher, and I'm going to do this, and God has plans. And then that feeling fades away over time. And I always ask myself, why? Why am I so on fire for God during moments like camp, or a major service, or revival, and why does it fade so fast? Why don't I feel like that every single day? And it dawned on me while I was preparing for this message that everything at the campground was centered on Christ. Every person you talked to was of like-minded faith. All the activities were centered around Jesus. Everyone you talked to was striving to do more for God or teach something from God's word, and it was all Christ-centered. Every single moment until you left the campground for five days was centered on Jesus. There wasn't anything happened that week that wasn't. And it dawned on me that we must learn to refocus ourselves on Christ every day. Not, we're not just interested in Jesus. We have to make sure he's the center of that interest. Amen. Amen. So in the moments of our lives, no matter what we're doing, we should be fine-tuning and making adjustments to make sure Jesus is in the center. So... So, this actually hit me today, and I made a late scribble on my paper here. At camp, we're surrounded by people who are setting up our surroundings to be Christ-centered. But when we're at home, it's up to us to check our surroundings to make sure that they're Christ-centered. See, that, I found that that was the difference. When I went to camp, I felt great. Everything is good. There, you, there's, I'm not worried about the show I'm not watching on TV, or I'm not worried about the things that are at home because I'm at camp. But when, you, when, you get, when you're a teenager, you get home from camp, you, you fall into an old routine. And it can apply to adults as well and children as well or whomever is experiencing an on-fire moment with God in a good service or a good prayer meeting or something like that. But as a photographer, I would imagine that it could be really hard to capture the same exact picture twice. Whether the lighting is different, the weather is different, or whatever is happening, I'd be willing to bet that you could not capture the same exact shot 
So what happens, I would imagine, is that the photographer would travel from point A to point B and observe their surroundings around them, understand where the light's coming from, and all of these things to make the perfect adjustment for that one shot to make sure that the center of focus was, that was truly intended came out like they desired. But when that photographer picks up and goes to the next place, they don't keep all of the same settings on their camera lens. They are there are adjustments to be made for each moment that is being captured from that photographer's perspective to get the desired result. And we got to think of our life in the same way, I think, sometimes. Amen. You can say, hey, I know yesterday was Friday, and I know I went to camp for five days, but today is Saturday, and I need to check the adjustments, check my focus. Where is everything at? Is Jesus in focus right now? Can I see Jesus in this moment? Because if your eyes are set on Jesus and set on heaven, then things of this world will go strangely dim. So how do we do this? How do we focus and how do we make an adjustment? I have three suggestions uh, today that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart to help us with this and me included. Number one, start your day off and call on the name of Jesus. Don't get wrapped up in some special routine. Oh, I got to get my coffee. Now I got to get my camera out. Oh, I got my coffee in my Bible. Everything's good. It doesn't have to be some perfect routine. Oh, I'm five minutes late. I can't pray because I got to go. Just where you are, call on the name of Jesus. It's not even necessarily, it, it is praying, but it's not like, oh man, I got to make sure I get my, it's just waking up and acknowledging he's the first thing you're going to make your adjustment on is Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for a new day. Thank you for your mercies, which are new every morning. Thank you, Jesus, that I have an opportunity in this time of grace that we live in right now to have an experience with you. And to be forgiven of my sins in the name of Jesus. If you can start your day off there, then it can take some of the pressure off. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what happens. You've called on the name of Jesus. If the, if, if the boss is, is, on, is on, on, on your case, or if, if the traffic is bad, or you spilled your car, or whatever happens in the day, it doesn't matter. Because you started off, and you called on the name of Jesus. So I think if we can get our day started off on the right foot, I think that can help us a lot. Amen. Number two. This, is, this, is, this one's difficult. Number two is check your surroundings. And what do I mean by this? Start play, paying closer attention to what is a surrounding, you're surrounding yourself in every day. Start paying closer attention to what you're surrounding yourself in. All your activities, your places, your things, and all of the people. Can you see Jesus in what you're doing? Can you see Jesus in where you're going, in who you're with? The verse we read earlier, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. This can help us focus and make sure that we're surrounded by... by what we're surrounded with is centered on Christ. Amen? You can 
watch a football game and do it for Christ if you're doing it in the right way. There's environments that are not good to do that in, and there are environments where it can be acceptable. Amen? There are interests and activities that we can partake of the right way and the wrong way, just depending on where our focus is. Amen? Amen. Checking our surroundings. Number three. The final piece is to reflect. Observe and reflect. With a newer and up-to-date digital camera, you might be able to take a picture and instantly reflect. How many take a picture on your phone? Instantly take a look at it. Nope, I don't like that one. My wife will say, nope, let's take that one again. Let's take that one again. Right? So, we need to make sure we reflect consistently and often. Before we go to bed, we should reflect. Keep a little spiritual journal if you have to. You can keep track of what you surrounded yourself with in, in like one minute. Writing those things down. I did this. I saw these people. We talked about this. I watched this. I listened to this. And then ask yourself, after you're looking at that piece of paper, are those things Christ-centered? Amen. Amen. We might be afraid of that piece. We might be afraid to reflect sometimes. We might, we might know that we should reflect, but we're afraid of what we'll see because there might be some changing that needs to happen. Amen. But the story I told in the beginning, we've referenced it multiple times here tonight. Imagine that you're a photographer and you've been on this commission and your job is to capture all of these national parks. I think we need to make sure that Jesus isn't just in the shot, but that he's in the center and just like how the photographer was commissioned to take these photos, as Christians, we're commissioned by God to not only spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, but live in accordance to his word that we talked about. Amen. So when we're reflecting and we're seeing what is in our surroundings, we might scratch our head as Christians sometimes to understand, why am I in this mess again? Why am I still dealing with this again? Why is this looming over me? But we're not checking our surroundings. Let me, let me take a step back. I got ahead of myself. We're not calling on the name of Jesus every single day. We're not checking our surroundings every day. And we're not reflecting every day. Amen. I'm talking to myself here today. I'm talking to me here today. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are commissioned by God, just like the photographer was. And just like the photographer made sure the equipment was at the top of the line, we as Christians have the top of the line equipment as well with our church and our pastor and these teachings and the words and everything. We, as the photographer knew his de destination, we know our destination is heaven. But when the photographer was going through each moment of the expedition, those moments were not clear. And the center was, of interest was not clear. And if we were to take a picture or snapshot of time of any moment in our life, not just this moment, today is Wednesday, we're at church. We're surrounded by like-minded people. But when we go home tonight, if we take a snapshot at 10.07 p.m., we should be able to see Christ in that moment. If you take a snapshot in time and you feel like, man, that place I went, those things that I said, those things that I did, that, that was not a good snapshot. I don't see Jesus in that snapshot. Then that's, we have a chance to stop and reflect and repent and ask the Lord to forgive us and have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. 
And we can try, see, we live in the, the age, the, we live in this period of grace right now. And I'm so thankful that, that we can be forgiven if we make a mistake. But I think what's more frustrating to God sometimes is someone who knows they're in a mistake but doesn't come constantly to him to reflect, to check the surroundings and to check in and hides. It's almost like a hide and seek. I think I, I had notes from years ago, 10 years ago, when I was going to Brother Urshan's church in Cincinnati, and I had this note called hide and seek, and I was trying to make it into a message, and I, maybe someday it will. But it's almost like sometimes we seek God, we seek God, but then we hide. And then we just hide. And then like a really powerful service will happen, and we start seeking again and seek, and we play a hide and seek game. But really all the Lord wants us to do is to start every day off again. Do it again. Messed up again? Reflect. Check your surroundings. Make a small adjustment. You might make a small adjustment that's not enough to get you there today, but if you make another adjustment tomorrow, you're going to get a little closer until the adjustment becomes, hey, at the end of the week, Jesus is in focus. At the end of a year, two years, that's why this is a journey. This is a journey that we're on with the Lord, and that's why we walk with patience. We run with patience this race that's set before us. Amen? Amen. We got to be careful what we surround ourselves with in the name of Jesus. And I'm almost done here today. See, the Lord's been the Lord's been working on my heart this year. I've had a couple moments this year that I'll probably remember for the rest of my life. And you see, I, I struggle with overthinking. I overthink a lot of things. I, I have anxiety and, and stress at times. And there'd be days where I'd have so many things overcrowding my mind, whether it be at work or the family or all kinds of different things I'm trying to think about, that I realized that, you know, those became my focus. Uh, my focus, so it, it wasn't those activities that were my focus. Don't, that's why we studied here tonight on the word focus. The center of my interest in activities was overwhelm and worry. My center of interest in activities aren't my interest in activities, if that makes sense. If it, work is not my, I'm not focused on work, I'm focused on worrying about work, if that makes sense. So this year, I've just been, I've been, I've been going through this in my mind, and, 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 and when I was preparing for this message, I realized that, that sometimes I'm catching myself as letting those types of feelings and those types of situations become my center. But there have been times this year at New Life where I, I found myself at the altar. And I'd be praying, and, and the Lord would be moving, and I'd look over and see somebody new getting the gift of the Holy Ghost, or somebody crying, or somebody seeking and really praying. And I felt the Lord hit me in the chest and just say, in this moment, there's only one thing that's in the center and it's life changing and all of these things that were on my mind and all of these things immediately when I was at the altar it all went away and I was looking at somebody and it, it breaks your heart have you ever saw someone just crying and it breaks your heart you see somebody get the gift of the Holy Ghost or get baptized and you just start crying you just you, you get overwhelmed by the love that you feel in that moment and it's like time stands still it really does and I just feel like the Lord hit me saying Brad time standing still and you understand the concept of how life-changing this moment is and how all that matters is this 
But when you go home, you get so worked up on all the other things that's on your mind. And so quickly, we can have that experience. I had that experience on a Sunday, and by Wednesday, I was still overwhelmed. So I felt like really this, this, this year, the Lord's really been working with me about what truly matters and how if every day you can make those small adjustments, then you can have those life-changing love, love moments with Jesus every single day. Amen? Let's all stand here today. I know I'm short here today, and I come with a simple message, but there is nothing like seeing someone come to God like that moment. But I think it's, I do think it's interesting, and maybe there's a part two someday, I don't know, but I think it's interesting when, when you're at the altar and you see that, nothing else is on your mind. It's, it's just like the campgrounds when I'm not worried about stuff that week because I'm so surrounded. It's easy to pray. It's easy to do these things in that environment. But we're relying on other people to set up those surroundings in those moments. And there's a little bit of responsive, a lot of responsibility on ourselves to start setting up those moments for ourselves. Amen? So I know I come here today with a simple thought of just focusing. And like I said, it's not how long you can concentrate on God without watching a football game. It's not how many days can I fast without going, you know, and go without. It's not how many days can I sit in a room without anything else in that room and just focus on God until I go to bed. It's actually strategically setting up the things that are around you to make sure that they are acceptable to the Word of God. That's all that matters. Let's take a few minutes here today to just think about what that means. It does not matter where you are right now because Jesus can be the center in a flash. Because right now, let's all call on the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for tonight. Thank you for this moment. There is no moment like this moment because I'm calling on the name of Jesus in this moment. There is no greater moment than now. And now that we've done that, let's think about our surroundings. Let's think about it. Lord, help us to make adjustments in the surroundings of our day, whatever surround we're surrounding ourselves with. In the name of Jesus. And let's reflect. And that's on us. That's a, that's a, homework. That's a homework assignment. That's a homework assignment for us to go home and reflect. And if you stick to these things and you stick to your pastor and you stick to the word... And we're going to make it. Amen.